Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So this week I want to talk about a melodic device, a lick that everybody should know. You've heard it before thousands of times if you've listened to any jazz at all. It's based on the tune Cry Me a River. All of your heroes have played or sung this lick. Now it comes from a song called, you guessed it, Cry Me a River. Um, now this is a tune, it's in one of the real books I'm sure. I'm I think I've played the song once, maybe, behind a vocalist. I, I don't know the tune. Um, don't, can't point to any recordings. I know they're out there. But anyway, it's not a famous tune that everybody recorded all the time. But somehow this melody fell into use. I'd love to know the story of the first person who quoted this melody and who the second person was and why the third person listened to the first two. It's one of those crazy things, right? It's slang. Somebody said something, it caught on, and next thing you know, everyone's doing it. That's, uh, that's the best story I can think of for this. If you look at the first item on the sheet, you can see number one is the original melody, the way we would see this on a lead sheet. It's a very nice melody. It's this cool, wide descending, you know, one, one of those great classic old melodies. A lot of melodies these days hangs around, you know, in a little minor third pitch area. This covers a ninth, right? This really wide distance. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a very nice melody. And I wrote the Roman numerals underneath. Um, it's good to be thinking about the numbers of these pitches. Even if you have a great sense of pitch, knowing the numbers, that helps us transpose and everything else. So you can see it's nine, another number for two. We could call it two, but we tend to call that top note nine. Nine, one, five, flat three, two, one. That is the little bit. It happens to be the first measure or two of the song Cry Me a River. Now, the way we often hear it played, we, it's a ballad, and the way I played it there was at a slow ballad tempo. Now, jazz musicians tend to play it a little faster, and, and we've sort of fallen upon this rhythm. Um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times we hear it with this exact rhythm. Sometimes people will stretch it out and do different things with it. But item number two is sort of a classic way we'll hear it. So you can see that it's the exact same notes, but that particular rhythm, quarter note, then eighth note triplets, and then, you know, the last couple notes, they get played different ways. But that's a really classic way of doing it, number two on the sheet. Now, number three on the sheet, I see it this way a lot. So there's one note difference. The second note is uh, the difference. Instead of the second note being the root, number one, as it is in items number one and two, the second note gets moved down. So now it's not the original melody, but it becomes the flat seven. So if you look at that shape for number three, it's actually a descending minor nine chord. Nine, flat seven, five, flat three, two, one. The original sounds like this. It's a very subtle difference, but um, I've seen numerous, numerous, numerous times our heroes sort of playing that descending ninth chord. 
For me, frankly, it's easier to play easier to remember. I've practiced my arpeggios. If you've seen any of these videos, you know that I'm a big fan of practicing arpeggios, broken chords, much more than scales, frankly. Certainly we practice scales, but for improvisation, we tend to use arpeggios a lot. Here's a prime example. We practice our arpeggios usually at the bottom, go up, come back down. Well, here's an example of starting at the top and come down. So developmentally, this is a great, let's call it an intermediate lick, because you have to know your, arpe your majors and minors, you have to know your arpeggios, but now we change things up by having it be descending and having it not start on the root. So this will be challenging. So I would love for you to play this around the circle of fourths, let's say. <laughs> That'll take a lot of practice, but uh, that'll be really, really good for you. That will be great. Okay, so uh, one thing I do want to say about this video, little disclaimer, is that this video and most of the Digging, jazz, uh, digging Deeper Jazz videos aren't going to work. <laughs> They're not going to work really well. Here's what I want to say. I just want to stop in the middle here. Um, I love that people are loving these videos, uh, like tens and tens of thousands of views a week. Fantastic. I love that people are getting inspired by this stuff and finding some stuff to practice. But the question is, so it's cool you have something to practice and to keep you busy. I don't care about that stuff. What I care about is, do you sound better a week or two from now? Now, there will be some of you out there that say yes. And to me, I say, oh my God, that's wonderful. Keep watching the videos. That's great. For some of us, we can take a little bit of information with no back and forth dialogue and run with it. We can read a book on how to get rich and we can go get rich. You read that book and you haven't gotten rich, have you? Mm. You also have some self-help books sitting around on the dining room table that you've read and you're not, uh, right, right? You haven't quite gotten there yet, have you? So that's the deal with books. Videos, there's a little more interaction, but it's not actual interaction, right? So I love that you're doing these videos, but here's the thing. Um, most of us are not gonna be better players a couple months from now. Some of us will, but many of us won't. So what we need to do is interact more. So jazzwire.net. I want you guys to go to Jazzwire. And that's where I can hold your feet to the fire on this. When this becomes difficult for you to practice and you don't know why, I can break it down further. I can give you a different way to approach it. There's five other ways of thinking about this. So that's the idea. Everybody understands what I just said, but can you get it into your playing? Nine out of 10 people can't. I was one of those guys that couldn't. I had to do eight years of music school and have all that interaction, right? So I want you to have that interaction. If you go to jazzwire.net uh, before May 1st, 2019, you can get 50% uh, off the registration fee. So that's like real money. Uh, the code that you use is digging spring. Go do that. So for those of you that these videos is filling the need, I love that. But for those of you that really want to increase the pace and really increase your understanding, that's the place to go. Okay, so let's dig into this a little bit further now. Um, often, when we see this lick played, it's over a dominant chord and, you know, an altered dominant chord. By the way, the last video or two, I, you know, a couple videos ago, I did one on altered chords. You can talk about that. Sharp nines, flat nines, that kind of stuff. So we play this sound over a dominant chord. 
but how does that work? Because the original tune was a, it was a minor lick, right? So we, now we know here's, here's a couple versions of the lick, pick the one you like and play it over minor. But here's the way we often hear it um, is played over a dominant chord. So you won't hear it in context right now. I'll just sort of play uh, example number four for you and you can hear what it sounds like. Okay, so it didn't sound too much different because we didn't hear the chord in the background. I'm gonna do that for you in just a second. And, it, and I also resolved to the note that wants to sort of be resolved to, right? So I played a C dominant seven lick. Where does a C seven wanna to resolve to? Yes, F major or minor in this instance, I made it F major. So look now at the numerals underneath item number four. And you see, we've taken this lick and put it in a different place in the chord. So this shape, this great descending six notes, we've moved to be the sharp nine, the flat nine, the sharp five, the third, the sharp nine, and the flat nine again. It's pretty, you know, that's very, very altered, right? Sharp nine, sharp five, flat nine. Everything in the kitchen sink is in there. So it's a very, very cool sound. And often we'll hear it played over this dominant setting. So uh, let me do this. I'm gonna play uh, for you, and I'm just gonna play the bridge of rhythm changes. Just, you know, four different dominant chords. And you can hear what this lick sounds like over each of those dominant chords. So you could hear over the dominant chord, I think you could hear that that melody had a different sort of energy than if it was played, you know, with, with all the typical chord tones in the middle of it. So I use this as much on minor chords as I do on dominant chords. It's definitely, fingering-wise, it actually turns out to be the same, but brain-wise, where it fits into the chord, it's, we already talked about that it's, a sort of intermediate level, how it fits into the chord for minor, because we have to have an intermediate level of knowledge about chords and familiarity with chords just to be able to put it in there. Now, I would say this is definitely advanced in that if you don't know what the sharp nine and flat nine, and you know, if you don't have that stuff sort of ready to go, what's the flat nine of an A flat major seven or of an A flat dominant seven? What's the sharp nine of F sharp seven? That sort of stuff. That you know, that's the barrier to entry here. But the bottom line is the lick kind of turns out to be where we started, item number one. So do this, look at the fifth item on the sheet. It's the exact same as the fourth item on the sheet. It's both the C7 sharp nine chord, the pitches that you see in the lick are exactly the same. But instead of, instead of analyzing them relative to the C7 with sharp nines and flat nines, we look at it and we see that it's just the melody of Crimea River in D flat minor, D flat minor. Pretty amazing, right? So it turns out that what we're doing is playing a minor lick, a half step 
above the dominant chord we're on. So we're on a C7 chord. We're playing this lick in D flat minor, and it gets us all these altered notes. So that's one of the things I said earlier in the video, just showing you a lick, hey, here's a cool lick I know, blah. Not interesting to me. You can find that anywhere. You can buy a book, you can find that. But understanding this, so this is a colossal concept that when you see a dominant chord, you can play minor stuff up a half step and you get this really altered kind of sound. That's where you get these sharp nines and flat nines from. So it's this cool shortcut. Here's the thing. I was told that in the past. That's how I was taught this stuff. And that made my head explode in a bad way. That was not good for me. I'm, I'm looking at a C7. Why in the world would I be thinking about D flat minor? That, that's too confusing to me. I'm having to think of two things, two complicated things now. So for me, it was less complicated to learn this is a sharp nine in C. This is a flat nine in C. This is a sharp five in C. That's just me. That's how I'm wired. But that's an example of why working together, having a conversation, being in a community is gonna make things go faster. There's no possible way I'm teaching to 20,000 people right now the exact way every one of those 20,000 people learn. Doesn't work like that, right? So there's nine or 10 different ways to approach a concept. And so what I like doing is helping everybody find their way to get to it quicker. And we can shave like five years off your development from here to there. I do it all the time. I'd love to do it with you. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna finish off and play the song Yesterday's, a great Jerome Kern tune I've been playing a little bit recently. And I'm gonna play this lick through the tune. I'm gonna play it sometimes on the minor chords, sometimes on the dominant chord, just so you can sort of hear what it sounds like. This is gonna remind you of your heroes a lot. Hope you enjoy this. Thank you so much for being here. As always, if you enjoy uh, the videos, if you wanna get the PDF, if you wanna get this handout and work from it, uh, definitely write me at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com. And if you want to join us at Jazzwire, we've got people from countries all over the globe working together on this stuff. Um, use the code DIGGINGSPRING between now and May 1st, 2019, and we will get you in there for a good reduced rate. All right, yesterday's. <laughs>